hate your say, this is Nikki. Um, I just wanted to deeply and sincerely apologise for not boosting your fragile little ego while addressing both of you on Facebook. I am so, so, so sorry. But who can actually blame me? Because I never listened to a doubt it with Dolomore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 659 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, coronavirus-free, if that's not too insensitive, <laughs> Brittany Page, everybody. Well, for now, and thankfully, and hopefully, it, it is, it's a freaky time right now. I was going to say, it's crazy as fuck out there. Yeah, I mean, we... Shit went from zero to 120 mm-hmm. in goddamn no time at all. Well, and thanks to your prognostication in uh, on Wednesday, the middle of the week, we went shopping and we were getting a lot of canned goods, a lot of <laughs> pasta. At one point, you... When describing yeah. your concern about what the cashier would think of us said. Well, just everybody around us. They know that we're doomsday in it right now. Is it everybody who looks at us right now <laughs> is going to fucking know that we're doomsday in it. And we were. We were doomsday in it. And Not, but we didn't go crazy. We didn't go crazy, but it... No, no, no. Like, we, we aren't... We aren't the people that are hoarding things. Not at all. We just got... In fact, I don't think we got enough. Yeah, I mean, we got enough food for... Like two weeks, two, three weeks, right? A, a lot of eating spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pasta, yeah, beans yeah. for chili type, th- you know, things that you eat if if there's a possible quarantine situation and we can't go can't go out. But also things I'm pretty good at cooking. Yeah, well, that's a must. Red beans and rice, bolognese, you know, yeah. the good stuff. Well, we're not going to be miserable during the quarantine. Come on. Yeah, now. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but because we're looking to what Italy has done and now as of today, France and Spain are following suit and, and very likely we're going to get into all of this later, but very likely there's going to be some kind of, uh, restrictions on travel here in the country. Yeah. So we're, we're not panicking, but we did go to the store today because we thought, oh, we need some more sanitizing wipes just to have. And... Nope. We went to Home oh, Depot yeah. first. Home Depot had no paper towels, no cleaning supplies. I mean, the shelves were empty at Home Depot. We went to five different stores, one of which included a pharmacy. Yeah. And, I mean, and goddamn wiped out. After a while, it just became like, let's kind of go check out these stores. <laughs> yeah. Even Trader Joe's didn't yeah, have any yeah. of this stuff. It, it's fact, crazy. Trader Joe's had a sign when you walk in the door yeah. that says, hey, fuckers. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here, everybody. Yep. Hey, fuckers, don't be taking pictures when you're in our shit because we don't like people knowing 
what we don't have. <laughs> yeah, so fact check. That's my role here. Um, the sign said no photography or video recording. Yeah, I'm just putting my own flavor on it. It probably would have been more attention grabbing had you written the sign. Actually, what I should have said was maybe the sign you saw said. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the sign that you saw said that. My sign said what I said. It's sad that you go through life just reading that much aggression into things <laughs> that are just casually noted for you. Well, what other reason would they? By the way, everybody, <laughs> still not fucking feeling well. I, my voice is already teasing. Yeah. Just this much talking. We're we're four minutes and thirty three seconds in, and I'm <laughs> Well, bronchitis is no joke, so Yeah, it put me on my ass. We're yeah. looking at one month now, and it didn't help that I went on the trip to the funeral on the heels of being sick, and uh it didn't help drinking and celebrating and you know, celebrating the life of, of Bonnie. Yeah. Uh well, let's God talk damn. about that, because th- you went to your best friend's mother's funeral. That is right. And In a little tiny town called Kuski. Yeah, you didn't even have cell service there. That is right. My phone was a paperweight unless I was at the hotel, yeah. which had Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, what What was it like at the funeral? Were you, were you surprised? I mean, how many funerals have you gone to? I feel like I, I have only gone to uh, a I few. Mean, I've been to enough to know that it was... Uh, a good country funeral. I mean, she was cremated, so her body wasn't there. Mm-hmm. There was no viewing. Mm-hmm. But it was a bunch of, you know, folks from this little tiny area in Idaho. And um, it, each of her, her kids got up and gave a little uh, eulogy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Talked about their how they're going to miss her or whatever. And mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was touching. It was really touching. What was really touching is to know, because it w- wasn't just her children that got up and talked. It was also others, like in the community... And it was nice to see someone touch other people outside of their circle uh, and, and seeing how much that they that she touched their lives. So, yeah, that's, that's always I, I hope that when I go, I'll have at least something like that. Well, and I I read Brett number one's eulogy for his mom, and that was incredibly moving what he wrote. He's all, he's talented as fuck anyway. Yeah. With the written words. So, yeah. But when he delivered it, mm-hmm. like he he had even talked about like maybe singing a song, and I was like, "That's I don't know, man. If that's even gonna, I don't think you're gonna get through that." Yeah. And then after watching him deliver what he wrote, there's not a fucking chance he would have gotten through the song. Yeah. No way. Yeah. But uh, good time. Yeah. Got to meet a a sex predator pastor. That's always a good fucking time. Mm, what? I'm not going to not talk about that. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm the pastor of the church. I'm like, hey, how are you? He's hey, you know, he wants to meet people. And yeah, I, yeah. He's 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 the actual pastor. He's of the, the actual church. pastor of the building we were in, where the eulogies were given, and, where the funeral was held. And the church does does the church have children that go there? I would assume so. And he's a registered sex. He's defender. a register. Well, here's how it went down. I didn't even plan on talking about this, but fuck that guy. You victimized children. God may forgive you, but Jesse D isn't going to fucking forgive you. I meet him. I talk to him. And I, I'm thinking to myself, what? this is awesome. This guys he's really serving his community. He's got this really dated tie on. And I tell him, I say, you know, I've got a box of maybe a hundred ties at home that I never, ever will wear again. I think I want to send those to you. Mm-hmm. And he's, oh my God, blah, 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 that would be so great. 
And then we're back at the hotel, and one of Brett's room, uh, one of Brett's um, relatives mm-hmm. is in the room with us, mm-hmm. and he says, "Ah, fuck that guy." Oh, I'm like, we don't. Why don't you like that guy? Yeah, what happened? Uh, he's a child fucker. I think it were the words he used. Yikes! And I, not really believing it, I had Wi-Fi, so my phone worked. Looked it up. Definite sexual predator on the registry. And uh, nope, that guy's not going to wear my, none of my ties. Well, that is horrifying. And it's a, apart from what, what we were supposed to talk about, but I guess it's it's on my mind. I mean, I I don't even know how to respond to that. Shocking, I mean, he, right? Well, it's it's odd to me that people in the community know, and he's still running the church because yeah. I would assume that as a part of registering as a sex offender, you're also not allowed to be in close proximity to children, right? That's typically a part of the deal. And what's it called? Human distancing or whatever? Well, social distancing is what social we have distancing. now with coronavirus. It seemed, I guess, is yeah. that what they call it with this? I don't know. Yeah, he's as dangerous as, he's a human fucking coronavirus but for he, children. He should he should not have easy access to kids. And, yeah. um, you know, hopefully the community knows i mean i don't know it's just odd that someone would casually say oh he's a registered sex offender and that he would be able to run a church and like have a following that, yeah. that goes blows to the church. my mind his name is melvin dean tuttle mm-hmm. and i don't mind even blasting his name out there yeah it fucking bothers me a lot anyway let's move on because this whole goddamn show could be about that because there are so many other things to, that are going on right now anyway we, the trip was great though it was great to celebrate the life uh, of Brett's mom. Got to meet some of his siblings that I've never met before. It was a good time. But the, the bummer about it was that I never really was fully healed from my, my bronchitis. So I was coughing, uh, really trying to recover, which doesn't help when you're drinking and when you're staying up till four in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, in, in conversation with people. Every single day I was up until like four in the morning, mm-hmm. five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Not good. So... Uh, got home, got on the plane. Everybody's wearing masks. I mean, it was it was kind of startling, mm-hmm. you know, going from working from home and really not being out there, and nobody's wearing masks where we live, to getting to the airport and seeing, you know, maybe a quarter of the people. Oh wow, with, with masks on. It yeah. was it was kind of stunning. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then I flew Southwest. Mm-hmm. Because it seems to be the most hassle-free airline. It really does. It really does. And goddamn it, the one thing that bothers me about Southwest happened in the most grand fashion of all time. Performing flight attendants? Yes! A a comedy routine? It was not a comedy routine. And you're going to be blown away by this. Uh Uh-huh. If you've flown Southwest, you know that when you're coming in for a landing or when you're when you're just landed and they're telling you about whatever, or when they're doing their little, you know, safety routine and they're inserting their jokes, or if you need smoke, go out on the wing, everybody. A yuck, yuck, yuck. It's a chance for them to test out their material. For sure. It yeah. always is. Yeah. It's like America's got fucking talent at 35,000 feet. Mm-hmm. This happened. And by the way, I'm going to play a song for everybody. Roughly two minutes, a little longer than two minutes. No, that I didn't decide to pull out my phone and record until about two minutes. So this went on for almost five minutes. And I oh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Whitney Houston, huh? That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Is if you're going to sing a song. Yeah. Why do you pick Whitney Houston? Yeah. The hardest, the most difficult, most talented person, maybe ever. Yeah. She's the Michael Jordan of singers. Yeah. So was this just like an excerpt from the song, or was this an entire performance of the song? It was the entire song, and then she went through riffs of doing... No. Just just listen. Oh, God. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Seriously. I mean, listen, I good for her for putting herself out there and time and, and place, Brittany. <laughs> time well, and place. Listen, I'm trying to find a positive. Okay. Good, <laughs> good for her for having confidence and putting herself out there. But you know, you have a captive audience. That's really the thing. And these yeah. people didn't pay to see you. They didn't like come to be a part of a free audience watching America's Got Talent. They are trying to get to where they need to go. Hear those notes? Well, I know because I don't know anything and wait, about wait singing. The, wait for the clap. Wait for the applause. Because everybody, you got to, I, I did not applause because I'm not going <laughs> to encourage this fucking bullshit. Oh. But everybody feels compelled because if no one applause, then she's sitting there. On the microphone, then the, then the other flat attends like she'll be at the Sahara all week. Everybody, good times. Had by all. Fucking come on, man. Come on, Southwest. Get, get it together. Am I wrong? I don't feel like I'm wrong. I mean, like I said, I good for her for 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 putting herself out there. But also, <laughs> you can't you can't do that to people, right? They didn't sign up for it. The jokes are bad enough. It's they didn't sign up for it. Did not sign up for yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that is the trip. Back um to to real life, which real life is very scary right now. Yes. Absolutely. More scary, I believe, and this is uh centric American centric of me. Uh, Because we have Donald Trump at the helm. Because we have a liar and an egomaniac who needs his, his, his feelings stroked at all times so much that the government response is based around that. And I have a clip lined up for later, but I'm going to play it now to back up what I'm saying. This This is the Surgeon General... Jerome's, Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General of the United States, who's talking about washing your hands. A great message. It's in his wheelhouse. It is part of his purview to get Americans to be healthier, to eat better, to smoke less, to not smoke. And in the middle of this, he inserts in there, slyly tries to insert how healthy Donald Trump is. Listen to this, and this should give you an idea, those of you in and outside of the United States, exactly how fragile Donald Trump is that everyone around him has to act like this. If people are going to go out there, we want them to be extra cautious. 
We want them to wash their hands frequently. And I was with the president on Friday, and I just said, sir, when's the last time you've washed your hands? And he said, I washed my hands just a few minutes ago. We want to make sure if folks are out there who are at risk, they're taking extra precautions. But speaking of being at risk, mm-hmm. the president, he sleeps less than I do, and he's healthier than what I am. And so that's the other reason that this messaging is hard, because there are 70-year-olds who run marathons and are healthier than some 30-year-olds. It's really well, focusing on the comorbidities, on the medical problems, heart disease, lung mm. disease, immunocompromised folks, in addition to that combination of older age that seems to put people most at risk. Uh, you see, all the latter part of that is perfectly fine, right? Perfectly true, right? I can agree with that. There are certainly people who are older, absolutely. who are more active, more engaged with their physical health than younger people. But why do you have to say that line? It's the awkward shoehorn in of information no one needs. Why do you have to do the weird praise of Donald Trump and his genes and his health? Like, I, I really don't understand this impulse. And it's- I don't understand if he's like giving it explicit direction to people or if people in his circle are giving explicit direction to people like hey mm, yeah if you want to make if you want to make donnie super happy with you then you better like really stroke that ego really get in there i wonder if it's and a, massage yeah, it real good i wonder if it's unspoken I, I, I because obviously he knows donald trump is watching his performance and wants to come across in a positive light for Donald Trump. Well, and that was Jake Tapper, right? Yeah, yeah, Doing exactly. the uh-huhs. Yeah. So I, I just, obviously, you kind of have to pick and choose your battles with people. And I'm sure he just didn't even want to go there. But by what metric is, is he measuring Donald Trump's health and his own health, right? Where he says he sleeps less than I do and he's healthier than I am. Right. So what's the metric there? Because I find that hard to believe. <laughs> well, just looking at Donald Trump. Not only is he like not physically healthy in terms of just his appearance, but also he's not mentally healthy. So what what do we have going on here? And listen, that's not me diagnosing him. That's me just looking at how consumed he is by criticism, how yeah, insecurity is not a healthy thing. I mean, he goes straight into complete distress anytime he's challenged at all. Yeah. And we're going to get into some of that. Yeah. And that is someone who is not in a mentally healthy state. Listen, I almost want to title this episode something that's not going to end up being published because iTunes or Apple Podcasts is kind of up their own ass about what they publish. But Donald Trump is a dumb motherfucker. That is the thesis of everything we're going to talk about today. Everything I'm going to talk about today. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Listen, we just have different ways about going That's about right. these things, right? I just want to get that out of the way right away before <laughs> anything get, gets talked about. Yeah. But I want to remind everybody just how much of a dumb fuck he is. A clip we played last time on the show with him asking a question of his panoply of experts in front of him of, well, couldn't you just like get an extra dose of the flu vaccine? Wouldn't that, <laughs> wouldn't that knock out the corona? Remember, this is the man leading the charge uh, uh, of our national effort, our national response, our national organization surrounding how we deal with this what is now an official pandemic. 
But the same vaccine could not work. You take a, a solid flu vaccine, you don't think that would have an impact or much of an impact on corona? No. No. Probably not. Uh, probably not. So that's why. Let me paraphrase like I did for, for Trader Joe's. No, dumb fuck. No. No, it wouldn't. Of course it wouldn't. Neither would the polio vaccine, you fucking nitwit. Well, I think the most frustrating thing about Donald Trump is that he presents himself as the most intelligent person in the room. Yes. I really don't think he believes it, though. Right. I mean, I looking at him, I think that he is genuinely deep down a fragile person and there's just a fragile ego in there. And he knows how outgunned he is. In most of the rooms that he finds himself in. And what a terrifying place to be when you're the president of the United States, right? To know that you're not well equipped for this. And what else do you have? You have to turn to bluster, right? You have to turn to bloviating. Yeah. And that's really all that he does. Well, listen. The problem with that... And this, I'm is there a problem with that? I'm trying to make a segue out of this. <laughs> the problem with that is the fact that when you've got a dumb fuck as president of the United States, and I don't mean like George W. Bush dumb fuck. I mean like sixth grader dumb fuck. That the people he surrounds himself with aren't of the highest caliber. And the people with whom he has his, his, his bestowed respect and given White House press credentials and gone on their shows... They also are imbued with some sort of credibility. And what I'm getting at is the fact that Alex Jones is telling his viewers, hawking, my voice is going, he he is selling to his viewers toothpaste that he claims eviscerates coronavirus. I'm right back with your calls, I promise. Eight seven 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 eight nine two five three nine on this uh, Tuesday global transmission. Uh, I'm not going to belabor this. Uh, I'm just going to tell you that for just your daily life and your gums and your teeth and for regular viruses and bacteria, the patented nano silver we have, the Pentagon has come out and documented and Homeland Security and said this stuff kills the whole SARS Corona family at point blank range. Well, of course it does. It kills every virus, <laughs> but it's they found that, and then this is a, this is 13 years ago. And the Pentagon uses the product we have. And the product we have in private label is about to be in Walmart coming up. They've, they've just ordered a massive crap ton of the, the, not the one they have, but this even better one that we have. So I'm just saying we're always cutting edge, thank to God. I just I just go with the research, go with the spirit, and we always have it. The, the nano t- uh, silver toothpaste in the super blue with the tea tree and the iodine. That's the super blue is amazing. And then we have the whitening toothpaste that has the nano silver uh, and a lot more as well. Those are both excellent. They're at M4Store.com. They're still discounted despite all the hell breaking loose. We have storable food in stock, but we have to package it, and it's six to eight weeks behind shipping it out to you. So anyway, I'm stopping it there. So, How can anyone understand what he's saying, by oh, the way? Yeah. It's just really... Not only is he a fast talker, he's also got that fucking thing going on. It's just all like garbled, right? So let me get this straight. The same Pentagon... And the same Homeland Security Department that uh, creates false flag operations, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's using to say, hey, 
these awesome people who yeah. are very credible, they say my things are good. Exactly. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I was at work the other day and I was talking about this. I was like, you guys, Alex Jones is selling this toothpaste that kills the coronavirus and the Pentagon is using it. And they all kind of fell silent and they're like, oh, and I'm like, you guys, I'm jo- I'm joking. I don't listen to Alex. Like I had to, <laughs> I had to go in correction mode because JK. yeah, they didn't know how to read it. I'm like, please have have more respect for me. Yeah, you're not doing your job well over there. If they're wondering, come on, guys, what's going on? Yikes! I know, I'm a little worried. So, so let's get into yesterday. Donald Trump officially declared a state of emergency. For the United States, which does several things. The, 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 the main of that being that it frees up like 50 or $60 billion to be... To save the market when it crashes. I don't think specifically that. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> that seems like the priority right now. Ah, it really should be something... Well, listen, here's what's going to... This is my prediction. I will, I will pre... I'll set up a situation where I'll be tooting my own horn later. Oh, there is, and I don't think it's even like a, a super smart guy premonition. Uh-huh. There's going to be massive, massive 2008 style bailouts after this mm. because businesses are going to be closed. Airlines are taking a massive hit. There's either going to be massive bailouts or money that will be free or very, very little money interest to borrow. Well, can we talk about that for a second? Because yeah. there is kind of this internal conflict that I'm experiencing, right? We have a responsibility, even if, and some young people are making this calculation, right? They're saying, I'm young, I'm healthy. If I get this, it likely won't be too much of a problem for me. I'll get through it. I could probably go out, right? It's fine for me to do that. Well, the thing is, you could risk then transmitting the virus to other people in the community that aren't healthy, that are at risk of this having be more serious and actually life-threatening. And so that's why the social distancing is important and the self-quarantining. And the washing your motherfucking hands all the time. If you feel as though, well, that should just happen all the time, but the the social distancing and the self-quarantining in particular, if you feel sick, uh, if you are around people who are sick, right, just trying to put some distance, not being out in places where there's large gatherings of people, right, restaurants, movies, Sporting events, places with audiences. I mean, a lot of those things are being canceled anyway, which is great. Yeah. Again, need then they will be in need of some kind of financial stimulus. But get back to your point. Right. But there's kind of this balance where I've seen a lot of mom and pop shop restaurants, small businesses. We went to one last night. Posting about their concern because they're seeing... And even some of these these uh, websites online where you book reservations, they're seeing double digit declines yeah. in in attendance of, of reservations being made, and so that is a risk for small businesses and people that are just trying to stay afloat, people that are trying to pay their employees, right? And so I I have this impulse to want to go out and support these businesses through this difficult time where they're not seeing as much business. But I also want to do the thing where I'm not going out in the community and possibly increasing that risk. And so it's tough for me to do that calculation. Both things are very important. Because listen, if your favorite restaurant goes out of business it's not just the restaurant owner in fact that's the least of my concerns it's the hundred or 75 or 50 
men and women who work there who then won't have fucking jobs, mm -hmm. who then won't be able to go to their favorite restaurants mm -hmm. and their favorite establishments. Mm -hmm. It is a it is an unbelievable trickle down shit rolls downhill. And what that's exactly what we're witnessing right now. And it's only going to get worse. But what you're saying is there is a delicate balance between deciding to try to keep yourself safe, but going out there and supporting the community mm -hmm. and just shutting yourself in mm -hmm. and spending no money whatsoever. Yeah. I, it's tough. Well, and I think there are obviously ways to do that in a reasonable way, right? If you are exhibiting any symptoms, you're for sure yeah, off the not. list yeah, of being yeah, yeah. able to go out in the community, right? If you have a cough, if you have a fever, if you have shortness of breath, those symptoms that the CDC is talking about. And... It's just tough because we did. We have a restaurant that we love here locally and they made a post and it was basically a plea, right? That if you are in a position to do so, please come to our restaurant because we're going to start having to figure out like doing to go orders or like how we're going to make this work, how we're going to get through this. And I think a lot of small businesses are making that calculation. How are we going to get through this? To me, it's a little bit reminiscent of Katrina. Mm -hmm. And in the aftermath of Katrina, many businesses just never came back mm -hmm. in New Orleans. Yeah. Same kind of thing is going to be happen happening, but on a national and an international level. And that's it, it, it's going to be unfucking precedented. Well, you also talked about like, or actually I talked about, look at me, I'm pulling an audience member. Um, So <laughs> I, <laughs> I just mentioned that the sporting events, sorry, there's a tickle in my throat, the sporting events <laughs> and the um, like Stephen Colbert doesn't have an audience when he does his show. It's so awkward to that's, watch. That's well, none of the people in New York because it's been limited to 500. No, no groups of five. Groups of 500 or more are now banned. Yes. Yeah. And so, for example, all the people who work in those stadiums, right, during those sporting events, yeah. they're not making money because they can't work. They're also not fucking rich people. These are people who make minimum wage, maybe 12 maybe $15 an hour. Right. And they're going to be really, really hurting right now. Right. And so you have some individuals stepping forward right people who play the sports that have been canceled that have that have a lot of money right millionaires stepping forward and actually donating money to that cause which is a little i mean good for them but it's a little gross that it even has to fucking happen because the the billionaires who write the millionaires checks should be covering the fucking freight here. Absolutely. And then you also have Whole Foods announced today that they're encouraging their uh, healthy employees fucking Bezos, to man. donate their available sick time to the employees who are getting sick. I stepped on your dick, say it again, because it is disgusting and antithetical to community, to a company taking care of its employees. Whole Foods is encouraging its healthy employees to donate their sick leave they're available sick leave to sick employees. Yeah. Which is so fucking American. Instead of it's so, right? Yeah. The corporation providing Ex sick leave. Extra motherfucking sick leave. Right. And it, it doesn't seem that difficult, God right? Damn. You could even implement a policy where you say, okay, for this period of time, right? If, if you're going to do just the bare minimum, for this period of time, as it relates to this specific pandemic, we will grant you two weeks of sick leave if you confirm that you have coronavirus or have come into contact with someone who has coronavirus, right? At the very least, that. At the very least, 
right? But they can't even do that. They're passing the buck to their employees and asking their employees to be generous with their earned sick time and donate it to other people. You're Whole Foods. You can certainly provide... You're Amazon.com. You're Jeff fucking Bezos, the richest man on the planet. Right. You can certainly afford... You can certainly afford to provide a basic safety net for your employees. Fucking gross, man. It's it's pretty shocking. So, let's get to this press conference where Donald Trump declares a national emergency. And really, the theme of this set of clips is Donald Trump is a dumb fuck. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. <laughs> The action I am taking will open up access to up to $50 billion of very importantly, very important and a large amount of money for states and territories and localities in our shared fight against this disease. You have to laugh because otherwise you cry because it is a Listen, people. Elections have consequences. And this is one of those consequences. I remember when there were people before before all this happened, before Donald Trump was elected, and they were saying things like, "Yeah, but he'll disrupt the system, right? He'll really right. get in there and and he'll be a, he'll be <laughs> he'll mix things up, right?" Yeah, is this what you meant? I mean, he can't even he can't even read from the teleprompter, right? I am and, I am declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. And everything <laughs> that comes out of his mouth, though has to affirm him and his presence, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm important enough to come out here yeah, yeah. and declare the national emergency. Do I have your respect yet? To have f- I earned it yet? To be fair, national and emergency are fucking big words. They're kind of medium <laughs> words, I think. You know, if we're talking like GRE vocab... They're probably easy words. Okay, now listen. Right? Listen to this, though. This is the part of that that I immediately tweeted out, Donald Trump can't read, hashtag national emergency. He is reading from the written word right in front of him on a piece of paper. Listen to him not be able to make out what the word is and kind of ad-lib. We'll open up access to up to $50 billion of very importantly, very important and... A large amount of money for states. What the fuck, man? What was the word there that he I have read? no idea because <laughs> he just didn't nail it. Mm-hmm. That should give everyone pause. The only people that shouldn't give pause to are like diehard, insane. Yeah. Donald Trump, baby. That guy who thinks Donald Trump is truly a smart man. Well, I wonder if he often has a form of. Like he's carrying a high cognitive load, but not because he's thinking about too many things that he needs to do. He's overwhelmed by self-criticism and what other people think of him. Right. And how is this going to get to feed his ego? Yeah. That's his cognitive load. Couple other clips from the same press conference. This is him trying to riff on telehealth. And what telehealth is. Does he know what telehealth is? Not by what he said. Listen to this. In furtherance of the order, I'm urging every state to set up emergency operation centers effective immediately. You're going to be hearing from some of the uh, largest companies and greatest retailers and 
medical companies in the world. They're standing right behind me and inside of me. I'm also asking every wow. hospital in this country to activate its emergency preparedness plan so that they can meet the needs of Americans everywhere. The hospitals are very engaged. Uh, New York and various other places are also very engaged. I just spoke with Governor Cuomo. We had a very good conversation. And we're working very strongly with uh, many states, including New York. Very strongly he's working with them. The emergency <laughs> orders I'm issuing today will also confer broad new authority to the confer. Secretary of Health and Human Services. The Secretary of HHS will be able to immediately waive provisions of applicable laws and Stop regulations to give doctors, hospital, all hospitals, and health care providers maximum flexibility to respond to the virus and care for patients. This includes the following critical authorities. The ability to waive laws to enable telehealth, a fairly new uh, and uh, incredible thing that's happened in the, in the not-so-distant uh, uh, past. I tell you, what they've done with telehealth is incredible. Did you hear that? Yeah. I've isolated it. So you can hear it again. This includes the following critical authorities. The ability to waive laws to enable telehealth, a fairly new uh, and uh, incredible thing that's happened in the, in the not-so-distant uh, uh, past. I tell you, what they've done with telehealth is incredible. What? A new, a fairly new and incredible development from the not-so-recent Past. The not-so-distant past. Distant past. You know, telehealth is actually really not new, right? Telehealth is just communicating uh, medical information, in this case, electronically or right. through telecommunication, right? And I remember when I was a kid, there, and I don't know if this still exists today, but there was um, a hotline you could call that was called Ask a Nurse. Right, still around, I'm sure. And if you needed, like, just kind of basic medical information, like, for example, I cracked my head open when I was a kid because I unhooked my um, dad's, like, not professionally put together medic uh, workout equipment. All oh, right, and I like un- a heavy bag or something, right? Well, no, it was like one of those pull down oh, machines. Thing, yeah, right. And so I unhooked it, and this weight essentially came crashing down on my head. And that's the problem, right? And so they called. We're, listen, everybody, we're discovering together what exactly the the underlying issues are. That was not the first hit to the head. So, um, so but I'm laughing in the middle of an abuse joke. Come on, Brittany Page. <laughs> it's fine. Goddamn. Uh, I set you up for it. So, uh, But I was bleeding, and it was terrible. And so, of course, my parents didn't take me to the hospital. They called Ask a Nurse oh, right? Right. to get some advice Wait, about how to handle. from the head. Right. Call or just take her to the hospital. Well, and what they ah. said was, hey, just kind of like tie her hair around it and see if that stops it. And if it continues, well, that's fine. At least that's what they told me. Are you sure? The hotline said. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so anyway, raised by wolves. So th- that's telehealth, though, right? Yeah. Calling and getting um, information. Telehealth hey, also exists. I swallowed a cup full of bleach. It's right. probably Mr. Yuck, but. Telehealth also exists in counseling. You're seeing that more commonly now right with these better help apps and all of these different things where you can like text a therapist yeah yeah please don't get me started 
text on, on that. Although if you don't have access and you live in like a rural community and that's really all you have, okay. And also if you don't have access, okay. But if you do have access to a face-to-face professional, <laughs> please, please get that instead of better help. <laughs> Uh, why did you play that while I was talking? I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny. You were going off on a rant about about telehealth when we're talking about Donald Trump as a dumb fuck. Anyway, so he doesn't know what it is, yeah. is basically what I was getting from that. And this is, again, it goes back to his ego, right? If he's If he's in the room and he suddenly feels as though there's a spotlight, right? It's kind of like the spotlight effect. Where he feels like there's a spotlight on his lack of intelligence and his his inability to understand. That he's got a riff and bebop to really kind of cover right, up for that. That he has to affirm to everyone, no, I actually do know this term, right? Even though no one would know, dude, if you just moved along. No yeah, one would have yeah, yeah. any idea. But you're the one that's highlighting it and making it weird. Making it very fucking weird. So the press conference continued. This is in the Rose Garden of the White House, the home of the President of the United States of America. The leader of one-third of our government. And Yamiche Alcindor. Badass. Fucking badass, fabulous journalist, works for PBS. Yeah. Gets and by the way. A great follow on Twitter, maybe, by the way. Maybe the most respectful of any journalist I've ever seen ask questions of Donald Trump. Which is Trump. difficult to do, especially in the face of the treatment that he gives to her, her in particular. A, also black woman, which isn't doesn't make it even better for Donald Trump. But it, it gives you context because he tends to lash out oh, yeah. at women and people of color, which means that if a black... It's why are you questioning me? If a black female journalist is before him... That is going to increase his wrath, honestly. Right. I mean, that's that's what appears to be the pattern. Well, listen, listen how uh, this went down. Thank you, Mr. President. Yemi Shelsender from PBS yes. NewsHour. Um, my first question is, you said that you don't take responsibility, but you did disband the White House pandemic office and the officials that were working in that office left this administration abruptly. So what responsibility do you take to that? And the officials that worked in that office said that you that the White House lost valuable time because that office wasn't disbanded. What do you make of that? Well, I just think it's a nasty question because what we've done is, uh, and Tony had said numerous times that uh, we've saved thousands of lives because of the quick closing. Uh, and when you say me, I didn't do it. Uh, we have a group of people. I could I could ask perhaps my administration, but I could perhaps ask uh, Tony about that because I, I don't know anything about it. I mean, you say you say we did that. I don't know anything you, about it. You don't know We're about, spending, the, no, about I don't the reorganization know. It's, that it's happened the, at the National Security It's the administration. Council. Perhaps they do that. You know, people yeah, let they, people go. You used to be with a different newspaper than you are now. You know, things like that happen. But this was, a, okay. this was an organization. Please, go ahead. We're doing a great job. Let me tell you, these professionals behind me and the, these great, incredible doctors and business people, the best in the world, and I can say that, whether it's retailers or, or labs or anything you want to say, these are the best in the world. We're doing a great job. Uh, we have 40 people right now, 40. Compare that with other countries that have many, many times that amount. And one of the reasons we have 40 and others have — and again, that number is going up, just so you understand — and a number of cases, which are very small, relatively speaking, it's going up. But we've done a great job because... I'm shutting the fuck up because it's just that. Well, but, also, none of that matters because people aren't getting tested. 
That's exactly right. So you can talk about the small number of people that have a confirmed case all you want, but that number is small because people aren't getting tested. We have no idea how many people have, uh, actually have, would be tested positive for the coronavirus because of the fact that there are not enough tests and the restrictions on who gets a test is sky fucking high because of the lack of tests. But listen. She started her question by asking, you say you don't take responsibility, but what about this? What about the fact that you closed the the global pandemic team down when you got to office? And he acts like he has no idea what she's fucking talking about. Listen from February 26th during a White House press briefing. If you'd like to go watch the whole one, it's the one where he's wearing the pink tie. <laughs> Just on the off chance you really you hear this clip and you're like, wait a minute, where can I hear an extended yeah, version know, to I really know. fill my day with joy? I already know we're going to get emails about, hey, fuckers, we don't want to hear Donald <laughs> Trump. <laughs> we And we really do. People, people often say. Often say. You see how I'm moving away from my people always say. People often say, it's my new thing, that. Donald Trump's voice is very triggering. Yeah, yeah. They don't like it. But we have to give you some context as to... Up front, I said this is going to be the Donald Trump is a dumb fuck episode. You keep saying that. Well, I, I'm trying to reconfirm the trigger warning. Okay. Here it is, February 26th, him being asked a very similar question about that global pandemic office that was closed down. Uh, Dr. Fauci said earlier this week that the lag in testing was, in fact, a failing. Do you take responsibility for that? And when can you guarantee that every single American who needs a test will be able to have a test? What's the date of that? Yeah, no, I don't take responsibility at all because we were given a, <laughs> Goddamn. a, a Perfect. set of circumstances and we were given rules, regulations and specifications from a different time. Uh, wasn't meant for this kind of uh, an event uh, with the kind of numbers that we're talking about. And what we've done is redesigned it very quickly with the help of the people behind me. And we're now in very, very strong shape. I think we'll be announcing, as I said, Sunday night. And uh, this will start very quickly. And we have, we'll have the ability to do uh, in the millions, uh, mm, millions over a very, very quick period of time. So, no. And what we have done, and we are going to be... Blah, 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 blah. Or... Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. So what happened to this guy, Brittany Page? I guess that's my question. What fucking happened to this guy? What we just heard was, oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't take responsibility at all. But what happened to this guy... When running for office. I alone can fix it. (laughs) All the responsibility should lay at his feet. Yes. I alone. I am the godlike character who can swoop in and save you all from everything. Not only that, in 2013, and Jake Tapper recirculated this tweet, of course, because there's a tweet for everything. everything. Donald Trump tweeted about how when you are the leader, right? You take responsibility for what happens. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Or maybe you don't, Brittany Page. Well, of course not. It's only when it's only when President Obama was in power. Oh yeah, right. That that's the case. So we're going to split this episode. Well, like we split every episode up. We didn't even fucking play Dollamocracy, uh, the, the the segment lead, to get into here. But we are going to do a little Patreon mid roll. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time.
If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Al. Al. And... William. William! Thank you to Al and William for your beautiful support of the show. We would like to thank each and every one of you. You know, we've had a few people delete their pledges, reduce their pledges, and oftentimes when that happens, people send us a message and say that they're going through a hard time or something happened. Yeah. We just want to make sure that everyone knows if you are are in a position, right, where something comes up and you are struggling financially... We appreciate that you reach out and let us know so that we don't feel hurt, but please don't feel like you need to do that. We want you to take care of yourselves. We want you guys to be happy and healthy. We want your support of us to be something that doesn't cause you financial strife. And that's really, really important Absolutely. to us. So we really appreciate it because I think it comes from a good place, right? Where people don't want us to feel like they're going to stop listening to the show or they hate us now or we said this and fuck us, you know? I mean, that happens. That for sure happens. <laughs> and they let us know that too. But I I just want people to know we want you to take care of, of you and to be happy and healthy. So we, we wish that for everyone who listens to the show. And thank you to all of the Patreon supporters who continue to support us, everyone who donates on PayPal, even those of you who shop through the dollamore.com slash Amazon link to to make Jeff Bezos even richer and help him punish his Whole Whole Foods employees. Yeah, having (laughs) them carry the burden. It's informed consent, guys. If you're going to shop with that fucking monster jerk off, the way you should do it to take some money out of his pockets is to go to dollamore.com slash Amazon and then he has to pay us a little a little kickback taken away from his profit. But listen, we recently had our six year anniversary of the show. That's and, right, March eleventh. Yeah. And my voice is fucked, by the way. You're doing great. And we just want to say thank you because we wouldn't be here without you guys. I mean uh, when we started this podcast, it was kind of like podcast starting business time. And a lot of well, people... What do you mean by that? That everyone was starting oh, podcasts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was podcast business starting, starting Every, business Everyone time. had a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people that started those podcasts did not continue those podcasts. Do not. So, con- they don't have them now. So yeah. to say that we are still here six years later pumping out the content. It would- 659 episodes. It wouldn't happen without you guys. So thank you so much for your support of the show. And please continue to interact with us. Like we always say, and maybe we don't say it enough. We don't just want to sit here and go back and forth with each other. This is a community of listeners we want to hear from you. So please put our contact information in your phone so it makes it easy, right? You're listening to the show. Something pops into your head. You can call. You can email. I doubt it at dollamore.com or 657-464-7609. Speaking of that, Josephine from China, your PSA is getting played next episode, so yes. hold tight. It just didn't fit in this time. I also want to thank whoever sent me the Earth, Wind, oh, and Fire yeah. adult coloring book. What is it with the weirdos who fucking send gifts and then don't put like a, uh, like a, like a, hey, hope you like it, so we know who it came from? Well, this one came from Amazon, and I was worried I was getting another zip drive. <laughs> 
filled with some sort of virus some to take terror. down my computer. Yeah. yeah, terrorism. But I got the Earth, Wind & Fire adult coloring book by Carla Wiley. Amazing. Pretty great. Didn't even know something like this existed. Right, right. So thank you to... Someone Whoever. out there, yeah. Please, yeah, you gotta let us know. Please let me know who you were, because this is very generous and kind. For sure. And I really appreciate it. It made my day. One more thing before we go. We got Popeye artwork. We did. In the mail. We did. From a guy named Joe Superchuro. Mm-hmm. Spelled exactly like how it sounds. Super churro like you get it uh like at the mall all one word super churro <laughs> joe super churro yes and uh it is fucking fantastic one of them is of one an, an instagram photo of, of of popeye the the bulldog bully popeye bully with a y popeye at instagram or whatever the fuck Brittany says uh where he's looking all regal and awesome and it's it's just a beautiful Looks like a watercolor or something. And then the other one is Popeye face on. And it says Popeye is the best part. And then there's one of you and me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just Joe. It's so beautiful. I One, I would love people to support artists Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Yeah. We tagged him on our Instagram account. So if you go follow us on at I Doubt It Podcast, you will see that most recent post and we tagged him in it. Yeah. So great. Yeah. So you can go and check out his other artwork. He's just incredible talent, right? Incredibly yeah, talented. Sure. I love his style too. I love, that's what I love about art is that everybody has their own individual kind of uh, flavor. Yeah. I like his flavor. Yeah, me too. I like Joe's flavor. All right. So (laughs) we also posted it to the I Doubt It with Dollamore Facebook page. That is right. So if you like that, you can also check out the post as well. So thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank you. You're the goddamn best. Sure are. All right. Let's get back into this theme of today that Donald Trump is a, a dumb, dumb fuck. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, should I start the after the segment with uh, another disclaimer? No, you already played the disclaimer. It's just it's getting it's getting <laughs> too much. Yeah, it's it's enough. Too much dumb point. fuckery. It's you're enough saying. at this point. Yeah. All right, I think we all get it. We all we understand. We hear you. We know. <laughs> so the, For the thing love of God, that they're talking about mm-hmm. is that Donald Trump cut the CDC, the pandemic office within the White House. And when he's asked about that, what he says doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. It really truly shows that he doesn't fundamentally understand, like a smart person would, <laughs> why you need a pandemic office. Have consistently called for enormous cuts to the CDC, the NIH, and the WHO. You've talked a lot today about how these professionals are excellent, how they're critical and necessary. Does this experience at all give you pause about those? No, because we we can get money and we can increase staff. We know all the people. We know all the good people. It was a question I asked the doctors before. Uh, Some of the people we cut, they haven't been used for many, many years. And if they if we have a need, and we can get them very quickly. And rather than spending the money, and I'm a business person, I don't like having thousands of people around when you don't need them. When we need them, we can get them back very quickly. For instance, we're bringing some people in tomorrow that are already in this you know, great government that we have, and very specifically for this. 
we can build up very, very quickly, and we've already done that. I mean, we really have built up. We have a, a great staff. And uh, using Mike, uh, I'm doing that because he's in the administration, and he's very good at doing what he does and doing as it relates to this. Yeah, go ahead. Talking, talking about Mike Pence right there, using Mike, because he's very good at, you know, heading up the pandemic task force. Yeah, he's fucking so great at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're talking about something that happened almost immediately upon Donald Trump taking office, and that was disbanding this pandemic office. But him saying, well, we, they haven't been used for a long time. Yeah, Dick, that's because there hasn't been a pandemic, you fucking idiot. They weren't needed because there wasn't a pandemic. They were just sitting in their office, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for a pandemic. You're not paying him for not doing anything, you goddamn less than a smart person. (laughs) Oh, I like that. You like that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You motherfucking not quite as smart as the average person guy? <laughs> or is it the MFR that's I mean, it's, too much? It's getting, it's, I'm ramping it back up. You're, you certainly are. <laughs> you certainly are. So, so is this where we're going to talk about Sherrod Brown's letter in May of 2018? Yeah, from 2018. That he sent to President Trump? Sherrod Brown is a senator from Ohio and is a goddamn dynamo. Sent this letter. We're not going to read the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm I'm going to read chunks of it here. Gives me a. You read the chunks. I'm going to settle down a little bit. Dear President Trump, th- remember May 18th, 2018. Okay. Are you sure it wasn't addressed, dear dumb fuck? It was not. Uh, <laughs> you see, Sherrod Brown failed. Wishful thinking on your part. <laughs> dear President Trump, recent events remind us that global health security must remain a national security priority. <laughs> So keep in mind, he needs some tuning of the horns here. Yeah. Is what he needs. 2018, everybody. 2018. (laughs) You know, we don't need your horns over the top of the horns. We're already listening to the horns. Touche chill. Exactly. That was for you. That's for you. That's for you. That's for you. That's shit, bro. The ongoing, the ongoing Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo, DRC, has caused 23 deaths and 44 cases since April 2018. This is DRC's ninth Ebola outbreak, but thanks to strategic investments in public health infrastructure by the United States and other global partners, the DRC is better equipped to respond to this outbreak. However, as we learned with the 2014 Ebola outbreak, diseases can quickly cross borders and become epidemics of international concern. Are we listening to the parts that apply? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) They haven't been used. In fact, the World Health Organization, who has noted that the proximity of the currently affected areas... I don't think it's who. I think it's W-H-O. No, I'm going to say who. <laughs> and that is why I said you it the way that I said it. I got excited. You, you don't like it. the band from the 60s and 70s, y'all. Exactly. Uh, By the way, voice, fucking pretty fucked. It's fine. It's fine. Affected area to other countries and urban centers increases the risk of spreading Ebola. Global, global health security requires adequate coordination led by the White House as well as a committed long-term funding and resources. When faced with a threat as deadly as Ebola, we cannot afford to walk back our ability to prepare for pandemic diseases. 
Accordingly, I urge you to act quickly to designate senior level National Security Council, NSC, personnel to focus on global health security while maintaining funding for critical global health security initiatives. And then I'm going to read one last paragraph here. He says, National Security Council... I am concerned by Rear Admiral Timothy Zimmer's departure from the NSC. Elimination of his Global Health Security Office and reassignment of the staff's team members. Global Health Security is a national security priority. Maintaining the NSC's Global Health Security Office is key to this prioritization. There needs to be one person at the NSC with the backing of a capable team who can coordinate across agencies to ensure we have the resources necessary to guard against and respond to any outbreak that threatens the United States. Kind of like we're facing right now. What month in 2018 was this letter sent, Brittany? May. May of 2018. And here we are in March of 2020. And by the way, that letter was uh, never responded to. That makes sense. It's it's a, a criticism, right? He would read it as a criticism, right. just like Yamish Alcindor's question, yeah. right? He read that as a criticism. That's quote unquote nasty. Yeah. Right? To highlight the error that he made. Yeah, listen, whenever Donald Trump is asked a question that that bristles him, that questions his uh well, you know, you're you're kind of a you speak one way and then your health officials speak another way, well, you know, what would you say to people who say that 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 undermines your credibility? That might not be the exact question, but listen to this particular uh interaction between he and um, the venerable Jim Acosta. Why do you say to Americans who are concerned that you're not taking this seriously enough and that some of your statements don't match what your health experts are saying? That's CNN, fake news. Go ahead, thank you very much. Yeah, great. Fuck it, that's CNN, fake news. Doesn't answer the question, doesn't address the issue that was raised, the very valid question. He brushes him off, and then the girls in the room scream, get out! <laughs> Have you heard them? They're I, fucking maniacal with the screaming. Yeah, the voice is, it's, it's not great. So, this leads, <laughs> the voice is going. Oh yeah, it's going. It's, it's, it's barely hanging on. Yeah, it's not great. So, <laughs> li- this, this is kind of part and parcel. Listen, th- there's a lot of talk in the media. Yeah, the fucking voice is really going. Puberty boy here. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of talk on like Fox News. There's so much talk. There's so it's fucking they talk a lot. <laughs> it's the most talk, in fact. Could you let me get through it? Because the longer we delay this, the longer the show is, and the more fuck, I want to hear how much worse the voice the is going to get. The more fuck the voice yeah. is going to get. Yeah. So, goddamn, it's, it's going to so start bad. triggering Popeye. It's almost like a dog. Uh, what Here, is let that? Me, let me let me call. <clears throat> okay, we're, we're keeping that in. Yeah, we're, yeah it's keeping. Okay, it. so. Um, the, the difference in coverage, that's uh, not great. The difference in coverage between Fox News and like CNN, let's say. Fox News right now really wants to make this thing a hoax only perpetrated by Democrats and liberals to make Donald Trump look bad, which is clearly not the fucking fact. It's clearly not the case because thousands of people have died. Thousands of people are verified to have coronavirus within the borders of the United States. It is likely um, uh, a multiple of 10 
of 10 or 20 who actually have it. In my in my opinion of of no knowledge. But then you have Fox News. And you have idiots like fucking Dr. Drew who are I think gleeful that they're cashing a check going on a white supremacist program, Laura Ingram, to talk about what is a very classic uh, Fox News trope that, oh, the media, the media. So I want to talk about this because some people commented when you posted about Dr. Drew. I believe you shared a tweet about this to the Facebook yeah, I, page. Well, I was asking what the fuck happened to this guy. And some people asked, is Brittany okay? And the reason that they asked that question is because... Yeah, for newer listeners. I used to be a huge Dr. Drew fan. And over recent... For good reason. Yeah. He, he, you're probably getting ready to, but... I am. Well, I, I just want to also... <laughs> but I want to say just... Because I don't know how much someone from the outside is going to understand just how much he really did impact and and insulate you from possibly going down another path that would have led to you not having a master's in science in psychology yeah, and he, maybe being a drug addict. Well, he's the reason that I entered my field, right? He really is. And he's not a psychologist. He's actually an internist and he specializes in addiction medicine. He is an MD. He's a medical doctor. And he hosted Loveline back in the day with Adam Carolla in the early 2000s. And that's when I found him, right? I, I loved Loveline. I listened to Loveline when it was Adam and Drew after, you know, Adam left. It, it and wasn't both great. those guys have gone off the fucking rails. They have changed a lot, right? It, and I listened to past episodes and actually I realized that I have changed too because there are elements of old shows that I listen to and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of blaming people for now, their circumstances. Now that you look at it with an educated eye and, and with, right. with all of your your book learning underneath you. Right. And they'll talk to somebody for a few minutes, learn their story, and then immediately label them and act as though they're informed about who they must be and where yeah. they must be going. And, you know, that was useful for me at first. I did that to myself, right, based on hearing them. I said, okay, if I was calling into the show and... You know, me coming from a family that has endless cycles of drug addiction, poverty, mental illness, having experienced trauma myself, having an incarcerated parent, yeah, having both my parents drop out in high school, not have GEDs, right? If you kind of just go down the line, you can start slowly moving me over into a box of where I would end up. Right. Sure. And that was helpful for me to hear when I was young, I think, rather than thinking, OK, this is kind of a death sentence for me. For some reason, I thought, oh, shit, I don't want to end up there. And that's kind of what my odds are right now. What can I do to change my odds? Right. Thankfully, that's the thought that I had. But I think a lot of people probably listen to that and did the opposite, which makes a lot of sense. Right. You hear people labeling you and saying that your odds are shit and you well, want to be the underdog. What does that do to your motivation yeah. in a lot of cases, right? So I, I see a lot of the problems with Loveline now that I didn't back then. And the reason it was so beneficial to me, like you said, is it was the first place that informed me about these things, the cycles of intergenerational abuse, trauma, mental illness. And that was so transformative for me. And so I often referred to Dr. Drew in the past as my pseudo parents because I didn't 
get any of that information from anywhere else. No one was telling me any of this stuff. Sure. And you can't be the only one. I'm sure he I'm sure he was inspirational to a lot of fucking people. Yeah, but then things slowly started to change, right? And years ago, I mean, this was probably around the time we started the show six years ago, where his wife really loves psychics, and she started a podcast dedicated to psychics, and he was, like, promoting the podcast. Right around the same time that everybody fucking had a podcast. Right. He was promoting it, and I kept thinking, wow, this man of science who... Like advocates research and data is he like would appear from- on the show and lend credibility to the psychic thing. Yeah, and it was very confusing to me. It didn't make any sense because and- I don't know if you know everybody. <laughs> Not real, fucking fake. And then I also started to realize when he got his show on HLN, which he no longer has, that there would be a lot of talk about things that were. Well, to use a phrase in the field, out of his scope, right? He would be commenting on things that are out of his scope, meaning not his particularly not his particular field of expertise. And he would be making generalizations about people that he didn't personally evaluate, didn't personally know, right? Also a lot of pull yourself up by the bootstraps talks. And it started to get there too, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Similar with Adam Carolla now. He's, you know, friends with Bill O'Reilly. So My view on Dr. Drew has changed. I respect him for the influence that he had on me when I was young because I wouldn't be in the field that I am now without his influence. And I do have, you know, lingering feelings there of respect for him. Of course. Understandable. That's why it's so disappointing to see what's happening now. Should I I read the text when I sent you the video? Do you have a text when you sent me the video? You texted me back and you said... uh, unhappy i we'll just leave it at that you were not happy about it yeah and what's so disappointing is and you're going to hear it at the beginning of this clip right laura ingram criticizes the media for not highlighting expert opinion enough when it comes to talking about covid19 coronavirus the novel coronavirus and she introduces dr drew and says addiction specialist Right. Yeah. He's not an infectious disease expert. He's not an epidemiologist. He's not. He's not dedicated his life to researching this right. stuff. He's not an expert in this field. Just because he's a doctor doesn't mean that he gets to come on and talk about everything that's related to medicine. That's why you have areas of specialty. By the way, people can't be knowledgeable in every single branch. Uh, yeah. Right. Of medicine. I mean, that's impossible. That's why you go to a doctor and you get a referral because your doctor's like, eh, fuck, I don't know, man. You got to... That rash looks bad. You need to go to somebody else. Absolutely. And listen, I think this is an important point that people need to know, right? It's important to respect expertise. That's very, very important. But it's also important to note the limitations of expertise because it's important to know who is the expert and how do we find them. And on this, Dr. Drew... Not an expert. My next guest says some of those in the media need to, well, sit back and let the professionals do their work. Joining me now, Dr. Drew Penske, an addiction medicine specialist, host of Dr. Drew After Dark podcast. Dr. Drew, Ah, how much damage is the media causing now the way they're covering this? The, essentially, the entire problem we're having is due to panic, not the virus. I was saying this six weeks ago. We have six deaths from the coronavirus, 18,000 deaths from the flu. Why isn't the message, get your flu vaccine? This is, this is amongst oh my us. God. It's milder than we thought. The fatality rate is going to drop as we identify more cases. Go ahead. 
Well, I just, it reminds me of the Donald Trump clip that we played in the beginning of the show, right? Where he's talking about the flu vaccine. And of course, that's not the point that Dr. Drew was making. But sure, the flu vaccine is helpful to get, right? Yeah. The flu is more of a threat than the coronavirus, right? To most people. Uh, before this became a pandemic, yes. And but, but, but this is spreading faster than the flu and also kills 10 times at a rate 10 times higher than the flu. And so it's important to advocate for people getting the flu vaccine, but not in the context of the coronavirus, right? Yeah, absolutely not. Especially not with what we know now, right? To act like, ah, it's just like the flu. And this wasn't from two weeks ago, right? When we were still kind of trying to figure things out, not really knowing what was going on, not getting enough information, right? Last week. This happened late last week. Yeah, yeah. This interview, right? Where... It was in increasing all around the nation. It's starting to get more serious. We're starting to recognize the threat that exists. And he's still over here acting like, calm down, everybody. The entirety of the problem now is that people are being pushed into bankruptcy. Travel is down. The supply chain is being interrupted because of panic, not because of the virus. Mm. The flu virus in this country is vastly more consequential, and nobody is talking about that. And Dr. Drew, I was traveling over the weekend, um, four different flights, and people are wearing masks on the plane now. It's it's it makes traveling kind of interesting. You can't really see their, you know, facial expressions, but it that does zero to prevent your from you from getting the flu. Zero, correct? Panic. It's panic. That's that is panic. <laughs> that is people engage in panic behavior. And that is what she concerns me. It hands. is a press induced panic that will have real consequences. It will not be the virus. You know, listen, the Journal of the American Medical Association published lead articles this week about what it what they were reporting on the coronavirus. But one of the things they asked was, why did the Chinese government clamp down so hard? Was there something special about this virus? The report was the reason was the holiday, the, the Chinese New Year was coming and it was going to during the New Year, apparently everybody travels and they wanted to get into control before the holiday. So they clamped down quickly. They got it under control. The holiday came. People traveled. It did not spread. They did, they did exactly get it under what control. they needed to do. And then we need to calm down. It's here. It's mild. And the press needs to shut up. It's really getting to be a problem. Dr. Drew. Wow. I love having you on. Thank you so much for yeah. joining hey, us tonight. Hey, Dr. Drew, I'm a white supremacist who thinks immigrants are dirty. I love having you on. Thanks for coming on my air, everybody. Well, and here's what's irresponsible, right, is going on this show and acting like this isn't something to be concerned about. Now, do people need to panic, start hoarding no. supplies? No. No, but you as an educator, right, with a medical background, can do better than what you just did. NBD, everybody. No big deal. Oh, wait. National emergency? Groups of 500 or more have been banned in New York? Sounds like something to uh, take under advisement. Well, and I mean, he's being proven wrong with each day that passes absolutely. as we see the de- as absolutely. we see it spread throughout throughout the populace. So, what I want to compare this though to CNN because CNN gets a lot of criticism and a lot of it is perfectly valid, right? But one thing that CNN has been doing correctly is by is featuring infectious disease experts. As panelists. Yeah, and answering questions from the public, too. They do that a lot. Right. They've been holding like these town halls featuring Sanjay Gupta, who's a neurosurgeon, and Anderson Cooper. And I think the benefit of these is 
right? And like I just said, he's a neurosurgeon. It doesn't make him an expert in infectious disease research. Yeah. But they are having experts on to answer questions. Yeah, in tandem. They're, they're, they're also there, but it's like... A, the whole thing is kind of like a virtual town hall right. where people submit questions via Facebook and then they've got the epidemiologist there and they also have Sanjay Gupta. Right. It's And it's not meant to increase panic. Not at all. In fact, it's calming. It's it's a lot of information. Right. It's what you need to know. It's should I buy a bunch of fucking face masks? No, you should not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it's frustrating to listen to this and because their voices sound better than this. Exactly. <laughs> It's frustrating to listen to this, one, because of how much I used to respect Dr. Yeah, Drew sure. and what he meant to me. And I think that's a weird thing that yeah, can happen with our heroes, he right? He can still mean something to you. No, I, I for sure get that. Knowing that he's a dipshit now. Well, and I, you know, I struggle with that characterization. But I remember when I met him, I, I had just moved here and I went to a book signing for his book, The Mirror Effect, which is actually a really good book. It's yeah. about celebrity narcissism Very and how book. it's reflected in our society. And I got my book signed and I had actually written him a letter letting him know that I'm getting emotional. I was in community college studying psychology and I had hoped to be a therapist because he inspired me. And it's interesting now being more than 10 years after that and being a therapist and how motivating he was and how influential he was. Right. But now being in this position where I've gone through this education that has really put me in the place to have a different perspective on him and his influence. Right. And I think that that can happen with people that we respect and our heroes where we think they're up here and we're down here, right? I'm using my hands. No one can see. It doesn't matter. I think everybody gets it. And once you get some education, get some knowledge, yeah. that disparity starts to even out a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Right? And it's just disappointing to know Look, that you- he's going on Laura Ingram and taking this position when he could be doing what he used to do. Well, I'll tell you this. I think that you your relative to specialization, I think that all of your education, speaking of specialization, fine-tuned on psychology, to me, to me, it's it's more valuable. I mean, you're not an MD, but it's more valuable than than him being an addiction specialist because you have a a wider range of specialty. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. And um, I mean, he's a doctor. And so that's obviously more education. He's had a, a career full of working in the field that I haven't had. And I there are many things that I let me say this uh-huh. about Dr. Drew. Well, I'm not a fan, but let me say this. Me not being a fan and him appearing on a white supremacist television show does not take away from. The my- the myriad lives that he has certainly touched and made better because of his dedication to the to the the field of addiction medicine. Yeah, and I think that that's certainly fair. You I'll know? Give him, so I'll give him that. Yeah, and people make decisions for whatever reason. Who knows what's motivating this current uh, 
version. Ra- rash of appearances. <laughs> I mean, he's been appearing on multiple different right wing shows and the Washington Examiner is sharing clips of him. And I mean, he's just all over these right wing media outlets. Yeah, especially now with with the Corona thing. Yeah, which isn't yeah. surprising again, because he's still connected to Adam Carolla and Adam Carolla has again gone down this path as well. He's so. jumped the fucking shark. He's O'Reilly guy. And yeah, Fox so it, guy, it's yeah. disappointing when your heroes in the past change and you change and you have to kind of accept those changes <laughs> yeah 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 and 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 just move forward yeah. so i have to accept that he has changed i have changed and i never heard back on that very meaningful letter that i wrote him so uh, I, I mean listen <laughs> I, I, i'm not going to shit him on a, shit on him about that because of the <laughs> fact that you know when you're a celebrity guy oh yeah yeah you hear that a lot knows? and i'm sure he heard that a lot but also how many letters does the guy get? What's he going to do? Respond to every fucking thing? I mean, I, 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 I don't doubt he read it. Yeah. I would, I'd be shocked if he hadn't read it. Yes. I was making a joke. Oh. It was just really funny, and so, you don't have a good sense of humor, this, so this, it really escaped you. The following clip is it's for- sad for you. The following clip is for me. Oh, you almost had it. <laughs> You've got to be quicker than that. It it really is. <laughs> that fits very well. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, anyway, before my voice completely collapses on me, what this was supposed to lead to was a now this clip, this video that that I don't know if it's gone viral, but it's a very important thing. We played a couple of their videos before. Well, they do these this, these very beautiful videos where they compare current coverage of the administration on Fox News to past coverage of the Obama administration on Fox News. So what you're going to hear, and some of this may be confusing because, of course, there's text on the screen telling you which time period it's from, but it's pretty straightforward. They do a great job because they put different music for different periods. So they really, yeah, it it makes a lot of my fucking, are you kidding me? So you're going to get to hear. Did you know my job is to podcast and talk? This is what's happening. So you're going to get to hear the the huge difference between Fox News' coverage of Donald Trump and the coronavirus and Fox News' coverage of President Obama and Ebola. I'm not afraid of the coronavirus and no one else should be that afraid either. I am responsible for transmitting accurate messaging and information. I was pretty calm uh, before all this, but then I got a little less calm when people told me to stay calm. The hate is boiling over. Democrats and their media minions are even trying to blame President Trump for the global coronavirus. Anything to attack President Trump. It's the Trump virus. What are you talking about? You You mean Barack Ebola. He's imported (laughs) Ebola into America. I look at Ebola as a medical terrorist. There's no reason to panic at all. There's tons of hyperbole and speculation, none of which is helpful at all. The entire problem we're having is due to panic, Dr. Drew, not the virus. Ebola fear is spreading across the nation. It's scary. This Ebola crisis and this Ebola scare. You think America could be overwhelmed with Ebola? Absolutely. Are we freaking out too much? Oh, Most happening. people who have it have just mild symptoms. Correct. They're just sitting at home eating uh, soup. They have contained this thing. Let's everybody get about your business. It's a disaster. And there's panic all over the country. The president needs more help, and the public's worried that the government can't handle the Ebola crisis. Watch the Democrats, watch the media. You start to feel like they're rooting for coronavirus to spread. If you want Trump to fail, then you're scum. Because if Trump fails, 
people wow. die. The panic isn't about the disease. The panic is about the leadership. The president said that this disease wouldn't make it here. Well, then it did. And then when it got here, it wasn't going to spread. Well, now it has. Well, I think very few people trust our government as being competent. And it all really starts at the top. It starts with Obama. I think the president has been projecting... Con- Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause it there. It starts at the top. It starts at Obama. No, I don't take responsibility at all. He's been very cool. Do I want my president running around screaming like, we're all going to die? No, I love that he was like, "There's, we're going to be okay. Are we all just panicking about this? Should we just chill out and not worry about it? I'm just sick of a government that I'm paying for telling me not to worry and just trust them. I think the president of the United States, by his lackadaisical attitude, is responsible if there is any hysteria. There is no need to panic like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer want you to do. Anyone who is exacerbating the unease that the American people feel, shame on them, reject them. This is so insane, and I'm so angry now, and I'm blaming it on the president. Those morons at the CDC, those morons in the White House. We are taking this very seriously at the highest levels of government. I don't know how reassuring that is, uh, that the highest levels of government are taking this really seriously. You think this is far worse than the government is telling us? Either they're lying, Sean, or they're grossly incompetent. Obama's incompetency, his administration's incompetency, is really shining bright in this one. The level of derangement is off the charts. This is yet another attempt to impeach the president. It's like the Russia hoax. It's like the uh, Ukrainian hoax. This is yeah. another hoax. Sowing fear, panic, distrust. The I was same watching thing Anthony Fauci we this weekend. I felt like he was a I'm political sorry. hack. Tony Fauci, one of the heroes in Anthony the battle Fauci, against AIDS. Absolutely. Tony Fauci, <laughs> t- terrific. Ebola response coordinator. Ron Klain. Not a health professional. Look at the people who our taxpayer dollars are already paying actual physicians whose jobs you might think it would be. Vice President Pence is an inspired choice to lead this effort. It could be. A month Geraldo, we're not man. even talking about coronavirus. We all love golf. There are times to play and there are times that you can't play. And it sends the wrong signal. A bit of golf for the president this morning. Not much else. Obviously, we don't expect him to do anything today, but (laughs) should he make himself available or come out in public, I promise to tell you all about it. Are we really trying that hard to keep Ebola out? Coverage of this virus has been actually dangerous and counterproductive. And even though the numbers are going up, the hysteria level should actually go down. There's speculation it could get worse. Some say, like the president, it could miraculously disappear. This is coming to a community near us? Is that what you're saying? It seems to be just absolutely inevitable. That's a a chilling prognosis. What does it say about the state of our politics? We can't even agree to work together on solving a virus that will attack all of us. If he says we're assessing the risk and we're going to take it day by day, they're going to say he's not paying enough attention and he's incompetent. If he doesn't show up, then this table will say, where the hell is he? And then if he does show up, we go, oh, man, we're all going to die. Hey, hey, Corona, Corona, hey, 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 hey. Corona. Come on, man. I mean, we'll come never on. will be the destroy, psychotic, hate Trump media mob. We seek the truth. They seek the truth. Listen, several things here. One, I don't know of anybody who's calling it the Trump virus. That is a, that is a fabrication. That is something made up out of whole cloth. I I haven't heard that ever. Yeah, I I haven't heard that. Certainly, his his response to the to to the coronavirus has been criticized. Yes, justifiably so. Absolutely, as we've done here today. Right. That he's not 
the smartest guy, because mm-hmm. I'm toning it down. Mm-hmm. But for Drew to say, Dr. Drew to say, they have it contained. He said they have contained this thing. He was the one on Fox and Friends yeah. who said they have contained this thing. And that is just not true. N- not just not true. It is... It's a lie. Well, and what's concerning for me is he gets a little theatrical in his performance on the TV. And I wonder if he's losing some of his, I mean, as a doctor, that's not your role, right? You're not supposed to be entertaining. You're not, you're not supposed to be in really, I mean, being engaging is not an important part of your job either. (laughs) You're you're really supposed to be straightforward and give people factual information about uh, what they're going through. And if you are a medical journalist, then what the public is experiencing, right? You're supposed to be factual. It's not really about being entertaining. And I think he loses some of that. You heard him on Laura Ingram getting very passionate and almost yelling, right? Rather than metered and informational. Right. And so that, I mean, that shows a bias right there, and then the other thing that I struck, I wrote down was them talking about, well, maybe the president will be right. Maybe Donald Trump will be right. And this thing will miraculously disappear. Mm-hmm. The root of the word and the phrase being miracle. By some miracle, we should expect the coronavirus to disappear. It's like Elizabeth uh, Hasselbeck on The View talking about yeah. praying pray for, for this the coronavirus to go away. To go away. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I don't know. I'm, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. But we have two, count them, two wrap-up segments. It's the asshole of today. Donald Trump, and (laughs) we've been talking about him the whole episode, so really we all understand. But something we didn't talk about, because you had the funeral that you had to go to for your best friend's mom, uh, is that there was a tornado in Tennessee. Devastating tornado. Yeah, and Donald, Donald Trump paid a visit, but unfortunately it was still in Donald Trump fashion. And you'll hear what I mean by that in this clip lost people within the family. One family got entirely wiped out. Uh, there was one case, though, I heard a young man was, an eight-year-old boy was ripped out, yes. flown to a certain area, and dropped off at the street two or three blocks away. And they found him walking. And he said, I just flew in the air. And he was walking down the street two blocks away from his home. And how did his parents do? We don't. We're not sure exactly how they turned out. They were found deceased. They, they were, were deceased. deceased. The only they were dead. Member of the household. Wow. Lost his sibling as well. So it took him, and he said, "I was carried by the air away from my house." He, he came was back, but his house over there yeah. and dropped in the neighborhood back behind. He us. was over there, and his parents were uh, killed. And, and sister. And his sister. So we're going to go see some of the folks. Think about this clip and juxtapose what you just heard with what you have seen and heard from previous presidents in moments of tragedy. And this is a tragedy. A child whose parents and sister are dead gets swept away 
by a by a tornado and dropped into another neighborhood and somehow somehow beyond all odds survives and donald trump for some reason wants to focus on the fact that he took a ride in the tornado in the air the air carried him i mean what what is happening here it's he it's like a childlike attitude like he's witnessing a movie in his head like oh what a that would be fun if you, oh, weird. That Yeah, crazy. And then he has no real emotionality there in his tone of voice when he learns that the parents are deceased. Oh, they're when deceased. he learns that oh, the sister. Dead. Right. I mean, it's just completely devoid of any compassion or empathy whatsoever. And again, I am not one to diagnose from afar because that is not how the field works. <laughs> but I, let me bring, the field of psychology. Let me bring all of my well, no, my education. I'm not to bear done talking. Here. I'm not done talking. <laughs> I I like I have said before, right? I think that a lot of a lot of what we become in adulthood can be traced back to childhood, right? Now I'm no Freudian psychoanalyst, okay? So I'm not saying that what we experience in childhood is a death sentence, right? But I think that for Donald Trump. His early childhood formative experiences in which he grew up disconnected from the reality of average people, coddled by his money and protected by his money, has resulted in this, right? An inability to really grasp the reality of what it means to experience pain and loss, and again, I always qualify that because some people will listen to that and say, well, Brittany, rich people experience pain and loss. That's not something that, that they're immune from. Of course, of course. But Donald Trump seems to be largely unaffected by things that would normally move other people. Sure. And so I don't know enough about his life, right, to really say anything about what led him here. But I, I have to imagine based on what I know that just the protection that he received and and the coddling, right, has had some sort of effect on him to where he's either closed off from it or he just can't go there for some reason. You would seem it would seem common sense that something's disconnected. Something seems Something disconnected. Something is disconnected. Yes. Yeah. I mean, think of how you would respond in that moment, right? I mean, it's just a human moment. You learn that an eight-year-old child has lost their parents. And, his and their sister, sister, yeah. Right? And that he was carried in a tornado. I, a child has experienced this incredible trauma. Just the tr- just the fucking tornado would be trauma traumatic enough. Right. And you are the president of the United States, right? You're this figure that is there. Live, live on TV. Live on TV. Right. There to lend comfort, right, to the affected. And nope. Yeah. We're going to go visit some people. All right, guys? All right. See you later. That's how it ended. <laughs> Move on to the next. That is how it ended. It's, it's tragic. And we need to really, this needs to be motivating for people, right? We need to think next time, who is the person that I'm voting for? Are they someone who can admit when they have been wrong in the past? Are they someone that has been wrong in the past, right? Yeah. And has moved on from it. Yeah. Are they someone that can cry? Bettered themselves after having been wrong. Can feel emotion. Yeah. All of this. Feels very, genuinely impacted by other people's important. stories. Very important. Those are important qualities. And we need to elect more people like that. So, in an effort to leave you on a positive note, especially after, you know, the Donald Trump is a dumb fuck episode, we're going to leave you still in coronavirus territory, but uplifted that there are elected officials out there 
We're fucking taking care of biz. Taking care of biz. Katie Porter. And a neighboring congresswoman. Well, this fits very well with what I was just talking about, right? Electing people who get it, right? Yeah. Who have struggled before in the past, who are motivated, who are compassionate, who have emotionality behind their positions, right? If our government was filled with Katie Porters, we would be in a far different position For right sure. now. And this is a beautiful, and this went viral, so many people have probably already heard it, but we would recommend that you listen to it again, even though you've heard it. She is speaking to a representative from the CDC. Who is, who's one of the guys who, when you watch these press conferences, I don't know if anybody else has been impressed by this, and I don't mean impressed like, oh, how impressive, but like it's been impressed upon you. This is the dude with the white, like, like fucking um, oatmeal guy beard who's, like, staring over at Trump with, like, affectionate eyes, like, just really <laughs> eyeing him. And I don't know if it's because of, what the fuck is this guy saying, or if it's because of, uh, look at the president. I can't tell. But he really is noodling him. So this person that you're going to hear Katie Porter go toe-to-toe with is the chief of the Centers for D- Disease Control, Dr. Robert Redfield. Yeah, that's right. And she is, through her questioning, going to compel him to act on his legal authority to make testing for the coronavirus free for all Americans. I alone can fix it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> wrong, wrong clip. Sorry. Here we go. No, I don't take responsibility. At ah, all. fuck. Wrong, <laughs> wrong one again. Okay, here it is, everybody. Okay, the CBC, a CBC typically costs about thirty-six dollars. What about the out-of-pocket cost for a complete metabolic panel? Ma'am, I'd have to pass on that as well. You have any idea? You want to take a ballpark? I would say seventy-five dollars. Okay, fifty-eight. Getting closer. How about flu A? The flu A test. Ma'am, I, again, I'd take a guess at about maybe 50. 43? Flu, this is like the price is right. Flu B? Too high again. I, w- I would probably say 44. That's good. How about the cost of an ER visit for someone identified as high severity and threat? I'm sorry, ma'am. What was the question again? How about the cost of an ER visit for somebody identified as having high severity or high threat? High severity, but ma'am, that's probably about three to $5,000. Okay, that is $1,151. It, this all totals up to $1,331. That's assuming they aren't kept in isolation. Isolation can add up for one family already, $4,000. And fear of these costs are going to keep people from being tested, from getting the care they need, and from keeping their communities safe. We live in a world where 40% of Americans cannot even afford a $400 unexpected expense. We live in a world where 33% of Americans put off medical treatment last year. And we have a $1,331 expense, conservatively, just for testing for the coronavirus. Dr. Redfield, do you want to know who has the coronavirus and who doesn't? Yes. Not just rich people, but everybody who might have the virus? All of America. Dr. Redfield, will you commit to the CDC right now using that existing authority to pay for diagnostic testing free to every American regardless of insurance? 
Well, I can say that we're going to do everything to make sure everybody can no, get the care they enough. need. No, not good enough. Reclaiming my time. Dr. Redfield, you have the existing authority. Will you commit right now to using the authority that you have vested in you under law that provides in a public health emergency for testing, treatment, exam, isolation, without cost, yes or no? What I'm going to say is I'm going to review it in detail with no, CDC I'm, and the department. No, we're claiming my time. Dr. Redfield, respectfully, I wrote you this letter along with my colleagues, Rosa DeLora and Lauren Underwood, Congressman Underwood and Congressman DeLora. We wrote you this letter one week ago. We quoted that existing authority to you, and we laid out this problem. We asked for a response yesterday. The deadline and the time for delay has passed. Will you commit to invoking your existing authority under 42 CFR 71.30 to provide for coronavirus testing for every American, regardless of insurance coverage? What I was trying to say is that CDC is working with HHS now to see how we operationalize that. Dr. Redfield. I hope that that answer weighs heavily on you because it is going to weigh very heavily on me and on every American family. Our intent is to make sure every American gets the care and treatment they need at this time of this major epidemic, and I'm currently working with HHS to see how to best operationalize it. Dr. Redfield, you don't need to do any work to operationalize. You need to make a commitment to the American people so they come in to get tested you can operationalize the payment structure I th tomorrow. I, th I think you're an excellent questioner, so my answer is yes. Excellent. Everybody in America hear that. You are eligible to go get tested for coronavirus and have that covered regardless of insurance. Please, if you believe you have the illness, follow precautions. Call first. Do everything the CDC and Dr. Fauci, God bless you, for guiding Americans in this time. But do not let a lack of insurance worsen this crisis. So in this clip, you heard Katie Porter calculate the full battery. Killing it. The, that, number one. <laughs> but calculate the full battery of coronavirus tests, which was just over $1,300, $1,331. And not only had she gone through and made these calculations and then tested the the chief for the CDC. Of, of his knowledge. Right. She knew the answers before she asked him. Right. She had done her homework, right? She had sent him a letter in advance. Yeah, twice. To be prepared yeah. for the line of questioning that she had for him and the question that she would ultimately ask of him. I, I just love this moment so much. And to his credit, said yes. Yeah, I mean, how... She <laughs> fucking rocked his shit and he was kind of forced to. Yeah, yeah, yes. We're going to do that. Yes. I mean, what an effective politician, right? And how often do you hear that? Absolutely. Yeah, goddamn. She is so good at this, and I am just so thankful that she is there. We've we've played clips from her many times because she is a rock star. She questions people, she gets these answers, she highlights disparities, she highlights problems, and not only that, she looks for the solutions, and she holds people's feet feet to the fire. And like I said, imagine if our government was just filled with Katie Porters. 
Yeah. What a different situation we would be in today. Not only with the coronavirus, COVID-19. By the way, freshman congresswoman. Right. But, Third, this is, she's, she's in this new class of progressives. Yeah. But in everything, right? We'd be in a different position Absolutely. in every way. No, I'm just highlighting that this is a skillful, artful thing she's doing that yeah. usually takes decades in Congress to... To, to to perfect, and she is on top of it right the fuck away. Yeah, yeah. She's somebody that I, I think she's the 45th district, which is right next door to us. Mm-hmm. I think that she is, I mean, she is for sure a, a benefit to the district, but it's... A benefit to the country. Uh, yeah, un, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, really, it is, it, it, I don't want to use the word miraculous, like uh, it's going miraculous, to miraculously disappear, but she is... <sighs> So great. Well, and she endorsed Elizabeth Warren for president. That's right. And I think that they had connected. Is Katie Porter an attorney? Yeah, she was a a law professor at UCI. So I think that somehow they know each other. University of California, Irvine. Yeah, I think somehow they know each other from the field. And I don't know if Katie Porter was a student of Elizabeth Warren. Oh, maybe so, yeah. Yeah, Uh, but. They all run in circles, though. Yeah, 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 and this one is a good circle to be in of God powerful, no intelligent kidding. women yeah. who just dominate, and that's what I want to see more of. Who are taking care of biz? Absolutely, Brittany Page. Absolutely. So we are going to end it there. We invite your comments. We invite your communication. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore dot com. We want to hear from you. We want to help. Have you help us move the conversation forward episode by episode. And if you are, and only if you are in a position to help support the show, help produce this content, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, and that'll redirect you to Patreon site, where for as little as two bucks a month, you can help move the conversation forward and call Donald Trump a dumb fuck. Over the airs. That could be you. You could be helping have that happen. Or you could be having uh, Brittany Page be the more metered person who's not as radical and stupid as Jesse D. We love you guys. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.